1: Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance.
0: The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals, or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically so consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast where we talk tax.
1: Yes, so the two certainties in life, we've got death and taxes, but uh, today we'll just talk about one of (laughs) those. But that's a good episode idea for the future. What's that death? Yeah, like what happens to your finances?
0: Oh yeah, okay, maybe we'll save that for winter next year. (laughs) Uh, But in... (laughs) Well, we definitely could. It's probably appropriate. Most people don't talk about it. Anyway, in this episode, we're talking about another fun topic, which is tax. We're going to give you a quick overview and answer why we pay taxes, Yeah. Uh, how we pay taxes, some of the taxes that you'll come across. And I believe, Kate, you're going to kick us off with a lovely story about taxes many, many centuries ago.
1: Yeah. Well, tax collection actually dates back to the very beginning of history and uh, among a couple of other things that I probably won't say here, but they're one of the f- first recorded jobs in history. Um, so back then, they um, the kings or the pharaohs would collect taxes to build their pyramids mm-hmm. and pas- castles and palaces but and fun wars and crusades So and all sorts of public building projects. So they were quite advanced, some of the societies back then, like the Roman Empire and... Babylon. Yeah, so they're massive massive societies and they did this by collecting taxes and managing public works and all sorts of things and funding wars and expanding their empires. So tax collection has been a pretty early job. And mm-hmm. um I think it's quite interesting back then because often tax collectors were quite wealthy because no one was tra- they'd go off and they'd have to I don't know, walk or take a horse or something in between mm. all the uh, really remote towns and they could obviously pocket probably quite a bit on the side. For sure, um, but Why not? N- I mean, now it's the ATO is kind of a faceless beast.
0: Mm. It is. Um, so I think you've actually got a story here, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm copying this from this website online I found, but they said that during the various reigns of the Egyptian pharaohs, tax collectors were known as scribes. And during one period, the scribes imposed a tax on cooking oil. Hmm. Now, to ensure that citizens were not avoiding the cooking oil tax, scribes would audit households to ensure that appropriate amounts of cooking oil were consumed, and citizens citizens were not using other um, other products and substitutes for the taxed oil. Huh. So I guess that's. Yeah. So what you'd Back have then? Like a- you were having audits. They were checking you were using the required amount and not trying to fudge the system.
0: Well, it's, co- it's probably because oil and those types of commodities, mm. right, were well, like the currencies of the time.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because often back then we weren't paying um, Australian dollars in tax. We were—they were paying all sorts of things like jewels, uh, farm stock. I mean, often they might—if you had a big farm—they might take five percent of your sheep back <laughs> to the castle with them, huh. um, or different produce. If you, they might often grain, that was a big commodity back then and they take a percentage of your grain and your harvest as away um, and precious metals have always been quite a popular thing to collect as taxes hmm.
0: okay let's fast forward to now <laughs> and away from grains and yeah, oils and I,
1: I kind of fell down a rabbit hole when i was doing some research for this i find <laughs> so. it
0: fascinating that they taxed on cooking oil of all things yeah what is the country this is a pop quiz what's the country with the highest tax rate
1: well, Bang. one Go. of the ones I found online was Sweden, mm-hmm. but it's actually one of the most the happiest countries in the world. Hmm. And, What's the tax rate? Oh, I it sort of it was going anywhere from like thirty to sixty percent. I mean, it was a sliding mm-hmm. tax rate, but it's their tax system is actually a lot more transparent, it's, and it's really clear who pays what tax. And um, one of the things I found was interesting. They really instead of having a lot of de- deductions like when we do our tax return we're like oh we're claiming a deduction if the government wants to encourage you to do something over there they'll just give you the cash like they have a child support but they give it in cash like an upfront payment instead of deductions so right just, so you
0: still don't need to come you don't need to come up with the money they'll just be like you've got kids yeah here's some money for childcare kind of thing
1: yeah and they have huh. like, their higher tax rate actually pays for the is massive i think you get over 400 days of maternity and paternity leave combined when you have kids so Hmm. and fully paid public secondary tertiary education systems Hmm. i mean so even though they've got a pretty high tax rate um there's a lot of advantages for it
0: Hmm. cool and if i didn't want to pay tax let's say i'm a finance guy you know wear a white collared shirt and i want to get away from tax where would i go
1: a few there's actually places in the world where they the governments don't take any income tax mm-hmm. um such as the bahamas the cayman islands um, and a lot of the areas around the gulf and if you research this online you'll see a lot of different schemes to avoid paying tax by mm. putting your assets in another country
0: well there was one in the panama papers right mm-hmm. that in implicated a few prominent people in australia obviously not going to name names but you can google that for yourself And that was was in a place called Panama, wasn't it? Or the... um, What's that little island? The Caribbean?
1: Yeah. There was quite a few little islands on this list. Yeah. Um, interesting. But even things like United Arab Emirates and Qatar, um, various places that earn so much money from either tourism or oil. um, They make so much money from that that they don't need to tax the residents. Mm -hmm. So a lot of firms and high net net wealth people may choose to concoct some grand plan to avoid paying as much tax. But I think for the most of us, that's not something we have as part of our financial plan.
0: No, we don't. In fact, if you, I think it's called the division, I think it's division four um, here in Australia. It's like this all encompassing rule that if you do something in Australia with the sole aim of lowering your tax mm. it's actually against the law so that kind of is like a catch-all if you try and do something just to minimize tax yeah illegal anyway sort of bring that up
1: I've i mean tried. maybe you want to like <laughs> move across to any of these countries I, I mean most of them i probably wouldn't want to live and um,
0: yeah i think that's a, before we go on with a bit of australia's history here i think that's the important point you touch on and we've been around the bush a little bit why do we have these taxes like what do they do
1: yeah well hopefully they make our country better for all people living in it
0: Yeah, so like you got roads yeah mbn it's very expensive the Um, the
1: creation of the mikey system
0: Yeah, here in melbourne you got mikey everywhere else in australia (laughs) seems to have public transport down pat um you've got
1: but libraries public schools like healthcare is one of the biggest things we spend Mm. like your tax countryman. goes into this massive pool, and healthcare is massive. So all defense. the public hospitals and all Medicare, defence is a big area of spending, and education, and aged care as well. Yeah, aged care is huge. Which is when growing. You,
0: when you see like the government sometimes will, will send you when you do a tax return a thing on the back, and it's like a pie chart, and it has all these different columns for mm. um, that where your money is put. And people see social security as like this big thing and they're like, oh my God, all these people that we're spending money on because they don't have a job, etc." What they don't realize is that most of that is actually made up of pensioners. Mm. And so like before you go pointing the finger at people who are like quote unquote doll bludgers, it's actually, you know, part of the welfare system that we have pensioners who've worked very hard to get the country where it is. So we're paying for them now.
1: Yeah. So you've put in your tax during your whole career and now, and then you're living off the government following that,
0: yeah, and just to you like to your point about the Nordic countries and um, Sweden earlier on, you know, the reason we have taxes is so we can support the country and the or and individuals during times when, um, you know, they need support. Yeah, it keeps the country moving forward. Okay, anyway, we've digressed. <laughs> Australia has it always had taxes.
1: Uh, yeah, so I was doing some research on the ATO and they've actually got this four hundred page history book on tax. And in, in Australia. Now, I didn't read through that, but okay. I read the summary. And so pretty much prior to 1901, each colony, so states and territories, had its own tax system. And the revenue was gained from customs because we had a lot of people coming in and out of the country and different taxes. So, And there was no free trade between the colonies.
0: So England and Australia and all the rest of it?
1: Yeah, and all, but all of the different colonies oh, within Australia. in Australia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was quite interesting because like, different income tax was only introduced in um, Victoria in 1895. Um, and then all of this went on. And then in 1915, the Commonwealth government introduced personal income tax. So we are taxed on the money that we earned individually. And tax was also taken on company profits to help pay for war expenses. So mm-hmm. World War One. Yep. Um And then... It's just sort of gone from there and then... Governments
0: have got a taste of what it's like yeah. to collect revenue. So
1: suddenly we all started coming together as a whole collective country.
0: Yeah. I did some Googling today before the show and ever-reliable Google tells me that Australia generates a lot more tax from individual tax returns than we do from corporate or enterprise or business. And I think it's over $200 billion a year collected in tax for individuals and that yeah. was 2017, 2018, so it's gone back a little while. But it gives you an idea of the sort of the volume that's going through the ATO. Mm. And uh, we've talked about the ATO. So just so we can be clear what that means, it's the Australian tax office. So they're responsible for tax, monitoring the revenue of the government. And we'll get to it in a minute, but the way the tax system works in Australia, which is different to, to some countries overseas, is that, and this is from people that obviously have just arrived mm. here, but everyone will know that you report your own taxes. And the ATO takes it as... Provided, unless they do an audit, or unless it raises a flag—a f- flag with their supercomputer that checks yeah. everyone's profiles and goes. Oh, yeah, a second. Yeah, you
1: seem out of the ordinary because yeah. you're spending five thousand dollars on. Uh, yeah. Dry cleaning.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, that's going to raise a flag in the like the algorithms, and then it's going to pop up, and then you know someone at the tax office is going to look at that. So you, you know that's why you, you know you might think that you can get away with certain things, but if you push it too far, parents, you're going to get an audit and. You don't want that in your life because they can go back and check things for many, many years.
1: Yeah, and also a lot of this stuff is coming through automatically to the ATO now. Mm. So all the banks and all companies, the investments, and investments—they're all pushing the data straight to the ATO because they have to. Yeah. Uh, so the ATO already knows how much you got paid that year. It knows all your investments on the side. It knows what you earned. So um, a lot of all this stuff's tracked now with your tax file number or your business number or your Australian company number. Mm-hmm. So. They um, they definitely keep tabs on you. So
0: you've just mentioned something, the tax file number, mm. TFN, right? TFN. What does that do?
1: So that's pretty much your personal reference number for our tax system. So you'll be when you get a bank account, when you get an investment, you'll provide them with your tax file number. In mm-hmm. most cases, it's not compulsory to provide a tax file number, but the organisation will withhold tax at the highest rate on yep. your behalf because they need to send that money to the ato because you haven't proved that you can be tracked with your tax fund number.
0: yeah so the basic the, you've got the your yeah, tax fund number for life and you take it wherever you go and wherever you yeah. kind of invest so definitely or keep money. something you want to keep secure yeah for and sure
1: you've like i think i got mine maybe at 16 when i had my first part-time job yeah at a proper place that wasn't five dollar babysitting <laughs>
0: You're saying that was all cash? You didn't declare
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was okay. 11 at the time. Uh,
0: okay, so now we get to the fun part who pays tax?
1: Yeah, so we all do. I pay tax. Yep. I, I, I pay tax. Hopefully, pays tax. <laughs> yeah.
0: Businesses, we've got uh, like the various shades of businesses, so mm. companies, sole traders, um, we've got trusts, pass on tax, we've got individuals. That super all, funds. Super funds. Everyone, pretty much every entity pays oh, tax. They
1: all pay tax and different rates and different schemes and different systems.
0: The, the two that people are probably most familiar with though are income tax, which is the tax that you pay on your salary. Yeah. And dividends and rent if you own an investment mm. property. That's all bundled together as income yeah. tax. And then you have capital gains tax, which is the profit, we'll just call it profit that you make when you sell something for more than you purchased it yeah. for. Uh, but there's also other things which we'll get to some of them at the bottom of the show. But we've got customs taxes, mm-hmm. which is an interesting one. GST, so that's when you import goods. Yeah. Yep. We've got GST or government standard tax. So you sometimes see that in your receipt.
1: That's I thought beca- that was goods and services tax.
0: Ah, yes. What did I call it? Government. government. Yeah, ah, oh, yeah, goods know. and services tax. <laughs> no, it is. I just call, did I call it standard tax. Yeah. That's probably because I pay for it. I pay it all the time, and I'm just, just have to pay yeah. It. Just think about it as being a standard tax, but anyway, goods and services tax. And you'll see that on your receipt when you get a receipt yeah, from a business, which is usually 10%. Yeah, and it's sometimes 10%. People
1: are cheeky and they'll put their price without not including GST, yep. and then suddenly get to checkout and they chuck on an extra 10%. Yeah, so <laughs>
0: they, the thing about the there's, there's actually some like rules around what they can and can't say. So mm. I'm not that you're going to try and catch them out, but you if you ever get an invoice, a tax invoice that's the one that you need when you do deductions if you need to prove it not that you need to you just need to prove spending in australia for deductions but if you if you ever get audited that's the one that's the like the holy grail and that says tax invoice and it's got the amount of gst it's got all that sort Mm. of stuff on it Um, another thing that you'll get taxed on is your investment income so you'll you'll hear things like franking credits um you'll hear Things from trusts and- dividends, dividends, distributions. Distributions, all these types of things. That's when you'll encounter different types of tax potentially. Yeah. Um, okay, Kate, what about companies? So I imagine some of our listeners would have a company or know a little bit about this. But for those who don't, can you explain how company tax works? Just Yes. Yeah, ba- so
1: um, from what I saw, large companies pay a flat tax rate of 30% mm-hmm. um, and are not eligible for capital gains discounts. Yep. Okay, and we'll get to that discount in a minute. I was having a look on the ATO website they actually said from July twenty sixteen small businesses mm-hmm. with annual turnovers of less than ten million have a reduced company tax mm-hmm. of twenty seven point five percent. So that might be relevant if you are if your side hustle goes uh full time.
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as your side hustle is making less than ten million, you're gonna pay a slightly less amount of tax. Yeah. Which so is cool.
1: Is that probably some incentive for uh, to encourage you to have a small business. Yeah, that's it. And so, just to
0: backpedal a little bit, a company is different to when you've just got an ABN that you've just applied for an ABN online, or you're you're a quote-unquote sole trader. Hmm. That's different. A company is something that you know has a constitution, it's set up, it's got some paperwork behind it, and the the catchphrase is it's a separate legal entity. Yeah. So it's separate from you, legally speaking. So a company can open bank accounts, it can run a business can do this obviously it can't with any yeah. without any humans behind it and but you're
1: probably going to be the director of it
0: yeah you, you if it's just a, like a small company you're going to have a director who oversees everything that goes on and can sign mm. documents for the on behalf of the company and all that and they're still liable for certain things yeah. make no mistake but the difference is people set up companies because they want to start businesses and those businesses take risk but they don't want to do that in their personal life mm. so they set up companies and the companies can pay their own rate of tax, as we've discussed. They can take out insurance policies. They can do all, They can buy property, do all types of things. That's just the basics of what a company is, but they pay tax at a flat rate. Yeah. So no matter how much profit they make, it's a flat rate of tax for every dollar. Mm. That's different to an individual because they pay tax on what we call progressive rates. Yeah. So can you explain that for listeners?
1: Yeah. So uh, essentially, for the first $18,200 at the moment, you don't pay any tax. Mm -hmm. So if you've just, if you're not working and maybe you're at uni uh, right now and you earn $10,000 during the year, um, you shouldn't have to pay any tax. Potentially your part-time job has taken out tax for you um, because that's how their system works, but that's something you can claim back at the end of the financial year. When you do your tax tax return. return. Yeah, Yeah. and often um, when you're filling out an tax declaration form when you start a new job um there'll be an option to tick to claim a tax free free threshold i always have trouble with that <laughs> one anyway so that um there but it's actually so the 2018 2019 rates so it actually increases so um let's just say that th- if you're earning between 37,000 and ninety thousand so I, probably most people fit around there because that's the average salaries in there um you're paying $3,572 plus 32.5 cents for every dollar over $37,000.
0: Okay. So basically the 3572 Yeah. that's the amount of tax you would have paid for the bracket before. Mm. But for this big bracket in this, like this band yeah. of earnings, you're paying 32.5%. Yeah. And then if you go above that, you're paying more percent. You go above that again, you're paying up yeah. to 45%. So the more you earn, the more percentage you pay. But that doesn't mean you pay. Like let's say you're sitting right on the band that's forty five percent. It doesn't mean you pay forty five percent on everything. It just means you pay forty five percent on what's over that band. So that's different. When you look at the scales, it doesn't just go. You're in a forty five. You're a forty five percent taxpayer. It's actually for that band of income. Mm. So that's important to remember. Um,
1: and then that's why people in the higher taxable income band start. Trying to do more complicated thing with their finances often, and putting things in different companies and trust structures because they're trying to often lower or reduce the amount of tax they have to pay.
0: Yeah, they're trying to reduce the amount of income that's over that top band, so they don't pay as much up there. For example, if you have a company that's paying twenty-seven and a half percent tax, but your personal income, if you get taxed Mm. on that, is going to be at forty-five percent. You just keep the money in the company. So, you don't have to pay that extra, whatever it is, percentage.
1: Yeah. So, it's definitely something you want to talk to an accountant about if it's. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, yeah.
0: Yeah. And we've said it before side hustles, businesses, um, people that do freelance work, tradies, all those types of people, run your own business. You want to speak to an accountant because we're not giving tax advice here. We're just explaining how it all works. Yeah. But those, are, yeah, you should definitely think about that.
1: And those tax rates can change. Mm-hmm. as the government decides, and uh, they might also change. They've got all sorts of other little offshoot schemes like uh, the low-income tax offset, but that seems to, that changes a bit. So you go on the ATO website to find out the most recent yeah. things happening. And
0: we'll put links to all that sort of stuff. So some of the other tax incentives or different tax, um, I guess, benefits that w- we might just talk to quickly here are things that you might come across, and we're going to give the really brief explanation, but we've got plenty of show notes if you want to go yeah. find out more of what we just meant. Um, so one of the things that you get, most people get if they're on PAYG, pay as you go, um, you'll get superannuation. So your employer puts that in either monthly or quarterly, and you should see that appear in your super account every month or every quarter. Yeah. So that's what is for your long-term benefit. And um, the difference between the money that goes to your super fund and the money that you get in your pocket is that the money that goes to your super fund only gets taxed at 15%. So if you are someone that makes a lot of money and you have a tax rate of 45%, it's quite is it, a bit of difference. It's though. quite a difference. So you want more money to be going towards your super fund if you can. Mm. Now, to, to stop people putting all of their money in there, the government has put in some brackets and you can't go over that certain amount before you taxed it a yeah. little bit more. But that's why so many people put money in super. And then once it's inside super, it's only taxed at 15% as well. So if you can invest in super, that's why there's there's a big incentive there because um, the tax rate is so low, that's why people put their money in there. Mm. Uh, Kate, do you know much about the Medicare levy surcharge?
1: No, because I, I, I think that um, kicks in once you get over 30?
0: 90. Oh, oh yeah. No, so 30 years so so old. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, does. So
1: yeah. um, to encourage people to have private health insurance. Um, once you hit, I'm just saying 30 here, but it's yeah, definitely, it yep. yep. Um, they, if you don't have private health insurance after that stage, you actually pay an additional Medicare levy. So mm. that probably also helps fund the public healthcare system.
0: Yeah, so the, way, so the way this works, and this is a really, really confusing aspect of the, the tax law and where it intertwines mm-hmm. with insurance, is there's two different things. There's the Medicare levy, and there's the Medicare levy surcharge. Yeah. So the surcharge applies to singles earning over 90 or families, couples earning over 180. Yeah. So it's an extra percentage on top of the levy that you're already paying. The Medicare levy is in place and applies to everyone, Mm. and that's to pay for our health system. Yeah. The surcharge is to penalise people that earn good dollars and aren't getting but don't have private health insurance for the full year. Mm. And that's their way of saying get private health insurance because you're wealthy enough to afford the premiums Mm. and have cover so you don't bog up the public system. But that seems to be the way most people are doing it anyway. But the thing is you need to have – if you're one of these – I'll call them high rollers. If you're one of these people in this band, you need to make sure that you have the insurance for the full year. Not just for like... You can't just get it like one week out from the end of the tax and be like, hey, I got private health insurance. It's not the way it works. Um, and the thing that Kate was referring to about 30... So if you're over 30, you're going to pay effectively more on your uh, private health insurance if you ever get it. Yeah. If you never get private health insurance, it doesn't matter. But if you do, then you're going to pay more for every year after 30 you didn't already have it. So the question for most young professionals in particular is, I'm 29... I earn seventy five thousand dollars a year, but I can see myself earning over eighty or ninety thousand in the next five years. What should I do? And that's a personal question. Do you want the safety net of private health? You might be paying a little bit more for the next couple of years before you're thirty, but it might be worthwhile. Mm. So we've got some more information on that. You can yeah, um, and I
1: think ABC, the ABC um, yeah. online did a really good tool to work out is private health insurance worth it for you, depending on your age, your income your expected income so i'll find a link for that and include that as well because that was was i did remember seeing that
0: when we did the i think we did the insurance uh episode which Mm. was fantastic one of the best yet kate (laughs) um yeah we'll we'll provide some links to go back to that but uh, also just one more thing before we wrap up on that um it's for hospital insurance so private health hospital insurance it's not for extras Extras are just benefits that you yeah, get. Yeah, the government right? doesn't different.
1: really care about the, the extras, the, the glasses and the physio. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's it. They don't care about uh, where you get shop for your glasses. Um, next one is um, owning your own home. Mm. There are benefits that apply to that. And the most common one that people know about is if it's your primary residence, so this is your home, so you can't try and like fluff it, it's yeah. your home. It could be capital gains tax-free. So while I'm on the topic, what is capital gains tax? It's when you, let's say you buy something for $10, you sell it for $11, that's a $1 difference, You might, that's a profit to you, and you'll pay tax on that profit, Yeah. Right? just like you would with any other thing. But the way it's set up in Australia, there are a few benefits for people that own their own home, because the government recognises that's most people's number one asset. Yeah. So if you buy a house today, you live in it, you do it up, and then you sell it in four years... You're going to pay less tax on that than you would if it was just solely an investment property. Mm. Um, the one thing here, though, is just make sure you don't pimp your house out as an Airbnb or put it on stays or whatever. Mm. Because if the ATO found out you're making money from it, it becomes a different type of
1: Yeah, because it's no longer asset. your primary, primary home.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's a... Um,
1: income producing Asset, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So that's capital gains tax. And we talk about the discount. Yeah. The government rewards people that invest for long periods of time Okay, mm. more than a year
1: yes yeah, so they don't want you trading your stocks too often
0: yeah so if you hold your stocks or whatever investment you have for longer periods of time you might pay less tax so that's an incentive to be remind but to remember franking credits there are some rules around this we've got some videos which we will include franking credits are something you get with dividends from australian companies Pretty cool things. There was a big hoo-ha in the at the last election, wasn't it? Yeah, there?
1: I think that was the make-or-break for the election. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, mean, I mean, pensioners love franking
0: credits. You know, if you want the pensioner vote, you don't do anything with franking credits. Yeah, nothing. Um, and we can make a case either way for that, I guess. Um, Kate, what's deductible self-education expenses? What are they?
1: Yeah, so if you're studying a course or mm-hmm. doing some sort of training that actually helps, so it's got to like fulfil a test that it actually helps your current mm-hmm. job it helps you get a pay rise it helps you advance to the next level something like that so it has to be directly related to what you currently do so and if, do
0: you have to pay for it like hex doesn't pay for it for you right no. so
1: yeah. you have to be paying for it out of your own pocket work can't be reimbursing yeah, right. you but you can actually uh deduct the cost of those education expenses in your tax return yeah um, cool. so it just lowers your income um, and then potentially you paid a bit extra tax with that lower rate, so you might get some more in your refund. But um, it definitely has to relate. So if you're currently <laughs> in a finance job and you're doing a course on uh, microbiology, that probably wouldn't cut it. Okay. But, um, well, yeah. It so it's got to be rea- related in some way to what you're currently doing. So it's, it's a government finance way.
0: and microbiology. Yeah. Just um, saying.
1: It's the government's way of incentivising you to increase your income
0: Yeah, Yeah. cool And uh, we've got a little thing here for charitable donations too if you make a sizable charitable donation So
1: if it's a registered donation government registered charity everything over two dollars is generally deductible and you can find out usually they'll say in the fine print if it is um, and you can check on the government website if it is a registered charity
0: yeah and so you want to keep your receipt from that one yeah just to because if yeah you just don't want to have like a thousand dollars of tax deduction for charity tax deductions
1: you've got to prove all of this yeah and
0: that would be bit of a red flag. So yeah. you just want to make sure you've got that. Okay. So just so while we're on that, what is a tax deduction? A tax deduction reduces the amount of tax you pay because it is necessarily incurred to earn income. Mm. So if you incur something to earn more income, then you should keep the receipt. Yeah. Um, we can't tell you whether it's tax deductible. We don't know what it is. But if you have something that you have to pay for to earn more money, which you would then pay tax on, Yeah, you may be able to claim it. So the easiest way, once again, is just to save your receipt, put it down in a spreadsheet before you take it to your accountant within the financial year. Yeah,
1: and they're quite. the government's quite um, picky, like some jobs can claim this one item especially. Yeah, very specially. prescriptive. Like if you have an outdoor job, you can claim sunscreen, but no one else can claim sunscreen. Yeah.
0: Or if you're a male model, you might be able to claim going to the gym. Mm. I'm thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should start with the jokes mm.
1: um, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Owen's thinking of all the future potential careers Yes, yeah, side
0: hustles um, Okay, so just some quick ones here The ATO does have an app for tradies Which is a pretty good one I think you can hook it up So it tracks the location of your phone So then it automatically knows where How many K's you've done for work And all that type of thing So mm. you can find that in the ATO website The ATO just has a general app as well Which is kind of cool um, There's Uh, you know, some of the common types of expenses you might get, like fuel expenses. You might have things for going to a second job. You might have mobile phones, things that you do for your side hustle, those types of things. So you want to keep receipts of all of them. Um, And finally, we have the masters of the universe, accountants. Hmm. So accountants are great. If you've got a good one on your side, one that you can trust, you should never, I believe, I don't know about you, but I believe you should never hand over everything you have to an accountant and a financial advisor Whatever, never hand everything over. Always know what's going on with your personal finances. Yeah, absolutely. But if you have a good one, they can be worth their weight, we'll say in gold. And the easiest way to keep their expenses down because they can charge you $250, $400 an hour for their time. So the easiest way to keep the cost of seeing an accountant down is to do some of the work yourself before you go. Yeah,
1: if you give them a shoebox full of receipts and things... It's going to cost you a lot more.
0: Yep. And so the just... Just make a Google ma- Doc yeah, or ma- Google spreadsheet. Make your own spreadsheet and just put in this many, this much for fuel, this much for this. Mm. Go through all your receipts just before you go and see the accountant. And then they'll tell you whether it's a tax deductible or not and how much you can claim. And uh, it'll just make that you know that cost a little bit less. Anyway, we've got heaps of resources yeah, for this. so there's some right?
1: great resources. I'm including the show notes about how our tax system works making tax work for you, and actually the history of tax in Australia, if you are really interested, and a bit on our 2018 budget and where the money comes from and where it's spent, which is a bit interesting to know where the money that you're paying in tax is actually going. Mm.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now, if you've made it through this entire episode, i have got to say, well done, (laughs) right? Like, this is tax. Yeah. This is tax, and we're probably a a reasonably young person podcast, right? Yeah. A lot of the, the listeners that write in are younger people. And if you listen to a whole, how long are we going? 30 minutes oh, of tax. Tax. That's awesome. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. But uh, if you have any questions, feedback.
1: Yeah, you, um, can, you can send them to me mm-hmm. at howtomoneyaus on Twitter and Instagram and www.howtomoney.online.
0: Yep. Or you can hit us up at the RAS Finance website. That's com, where we also have a page for... Obviously, this podcast where you can ask questions, or you can find us at, at or, podcast at raskfinance.com. Yeah. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Kate, thanks
1: for joining me. <laughs> thanks, Owen. Are you
0: thinking about starting your wealth creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice AFSL 334107.